Welcome to Café with Strangers. I'm your host, Monica, and today we are with Macarena. Is that what you prefer? Your email says something else, and your uh, thing said Macarena, and then you have Maki on there. So I just like, what do you like to go by? Honestly, hi, everyone. I'm a hot mess. Um, so my first name's Alejandra. Um, I have always gone by my middle name, which is Macarena. Um, but Maki is so much easier for me. I o- I've always answered to Maki ever since I was little. So it's, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like Alejandra is just too formal for me. And that's about it. So I didn't realize that a lot of people go by their middle name until... Um, I was talking with some of my cousins when I had gone to Mexico. They mentioned that they go by their middle name. And and then I noticed, I was like, yeah, everyone goes by their middle name. And then I was kind of like, why the hell did I go by my, my, my middle name? Why didn't I get referred to as that or something? So I kind of felt a little left out, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, like, honest, I don't know. My parents never really called me by my first name. My family never has called me by my first name. I asked my mom about me about this actually a few weeks ago. I'm like, why did you guys name me Alejandra if you're not going to use it? Um, and she's like, oh, well, your abuelo picked it out. So it's like, I, I guess I have to have it. But no one's ever, I mean, aside from like professional settings and even in professional settings, I'm like, mm, I go by my middle name. I think the only times I've actually been called Alejandra was in my internship and, like, doctor appointments. But that's it. Like, I feel like it's too formal for me. It doesn't fit. I get that. I actually, I really like that name. Well, either way, I'm, I have a weird thing about names where I have, like, I have a strong admiration for names. So my sister's name is Alejandra, and I've always really liked her name. And then that's your name, and then you're also your middle name. I'm just like... Well, shit, you have two cool names. Whatever. Lucky. (laughs) (laughs) What's your middle name? Elizabeth. It's cute. It, it, like, it it goes. It's aight. (laughs) It goes. (laughs) It's aight. (laughs) Um, Alrighty, well, go ahead and you can um, introduce any kind of, like, background about yourself that you want to share. Um, let's see. I just turned 30. Uh, soy Paraguaya. I was born in Asuncion. I moved here when I was six years old. My, like, educational, I don't know if I want to talk about my educational background. (laughs) That's boring. (laughs) Um, yeah. School for graphic design. I work in tech. Um, I finally was able to go back to Paraguay. Well, I've only been back twice, but the first time I went back was when I was 17, and I just recently came back from a month-long stay, and it was probably the most healing experience that I've had, and I really needed that, and it was so great, but that's that's me. That's it. I live in Oregon. I've I lived in the Pacific Northwest most of my life. I haven't. I mean, like, I've moved around states, but it's been mainly, like, Pacific Northwest. (laughs) That's mainly about me. 
And you said that you came over to the States at six years old. Do you remember anything about that? I can literally tell you most of it. So I remember we flew from Paraguay to Panama and then from Panama to Mexico. And during the time, like we had to like get a visa or something to get to like the northern part of Mexico. Um, I don't know how we did it, but we did it. We stayed at a coyote's house. It was I was actually five at the time. I turned six at the Grand Canyon. Um, but um, I remember that was the most memorable thing in like coming to the U.S. Aside from like staying in Nogales, and we we're staying at the Coyote's house, or like, yeah, his house. And I remember he had a daughter, and she had a Barbie car, and I really wanted to drive it. We were the same age, but she wouldn't let me, and that pissed me off so fucking much. And that was the most memorable thing I remember from crossing the border, was not being able to ride this little girl's Barbie car because it was the ones that you could like self-drive and you can sit in it yeah yes it was cool as hell I remember always wanting to have one of those I maybe I got the chance to get in one but we never owned one so I completely I would have been pissed too (laughs) It it was annoying it was that was that was it for me. But like crossing the border, I mean it wasn't so bad cuz me and my mom crossed together. Um but it was def- it definitely I didn't like realize it until like last year. I was like, "Oh, that was actually pretty traumatizing." Being like crossing the border when you're 6 years old. Um being in a completely different country with like different customs and then going to another country with another like different cuts customs as well and then learning a new language so that was a hot mess but yeah that was my whole like coming up here story at least like my take do you remember how it was learning another language because i i was too young i don't remember having to learn and I, I remember I learned it but i don't remember like the struggles with it i honestly so me this I actually talk about this a lot because me and my sister shared a room. Um and like I would try to read in English, but honestly, I learned me English through music, mainly hip hop. Mm-hmm. And my sister is like 13 years older than me, and I shared a room with her. And so she was like what, 18, 19 when we came up here? So all the music mm-hmm. that she listened to, I listened to as well. That's where I learned English. But it was definitely interesting learning a new language. And then also being put in an ESL class and being put in ESL until I was like in the eighth grade. Knowing I didn't need it anymore. That was mm-hmm. also a trip. Because I would try to advocate for myself and be like, this is not necessary. And I remember my the teacher that I had for ESL, I think in, what was it, elementary school? She was like this Cuban lady. 
she'd always like constantly tell me you have to say things right or else no one's gonna pay like listen to you or understand you and it's like what the fuck why would you tell a kid that but also like that stuck with me so much and so like I made it a point oh this this is all gonna like bring up trauma (laughs) but um I made it a point to like I guess not have an accent you know or like try I think there's a little bit of a delay in the uh audio so I'm like it's gonna make it (laughs) it's gonna make it a little bit harder to try to figure out when to talk or ask questions it's okay we'll make it work we can do it I, anyways, um, I'm staring at my my coffee here, or my not my coffee, my tea. Did you end up making something? I actually, so I actually just got off work, and I forgot about it, but I do have water that I do have to get, but I'll drink it later. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I was so set, so set to make my tea. I was ready. I was like, oh, that's going to be nice. I'll make it later. Ooh, I'm probably just going to make valerian, honestly. I've never heard. Just like to chill the fuck out. I've never heard of that. You've never had valeriana? No. Valerian root? It's like for stress and anxiety mainly. Or maybe I have and I just never realized it. Hmm. Yeah. I swear by this. Like anytime like I'm having a moment or like honestly this is really good for sleep too. Oh. It's great for sleep. I will have to look into that. Well, I'm a I'm a big fan of chai. Anything chai, I I love. So I I just had a chai uh, yeah. a chai tea, and then I have this creamer that's like gingerbread flavored or something. So nice little sweetness to that. Very very good. That sounds good. It is. I actually the tea the tea is actually really good. It's from um the Target brand, Good and Gather. They actually oh, some really I actually really shit. like that brand. Heck yeah, Target. It's, uh, underrated, I think. <laughs> Honestly, it is. You're right. I wanted to ask because it kind of also made me fun. It was funny. <laughs> so I was like looking up little fun facts about Paraguay. I don't know much about other Latin American countries, but Paraguay is definitely one of the ones that I probably know very little about. And I was looking up some things. I was like, ooh, some fun facts. And it's the, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Guarani. Yeah, the native language. Paraguay is a bilingual, mostly bilingual, like, country. Yeah. That there's a lot of people who speak both languages. Yes. And I I thought that was really cool. And then I was looking through the little, um, looking over the questionnaire again. And I need to repeat what you wrote because it is too funny not to i don't remember what i wrote (laughs) when asked if you spoke anything other than english plus or minus spanish um your answer was some portuguese guarani i'm trying to be a polyglot hoe and learn more languages (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's not wrong honestly that had me dying (laughs) oh my god when did I write this? 
Oh god, honestly, probably close to oh a year god. ago. It probably was like ten months That's ago. That's hilarious. But yes, I still yeah. am trying to be a polygot asshole. Um, what I mean, I'm like still struggling with. Also, I decided Arabic was also a good idea. I don't know. I'm trying to sing just like that one part in Ojos Así, like you know by Shakira, where it's like it's fully in Arabic. That's what I'm just trying to do. That's all. That's cool. About uh, which one was your first uh first language? Did you start learning um learning Spanish first or um Guarani? Guarani. Spanish is my first language, but it's very common for a lot of like households in Paraguay to be bilingual. Like also Guaranyol is really common, which is like a mix of mm-hmm. like Guarani and Espanol. Because I mean, like Spanglish, same shit, gonna mix things. But in my household, at least, we mainly spoke Spanish, at least by the time we moved here. Because, so Guarani, you have to learn in Paraguay, like in school. And they actually teach it at a very young age, too. I left the country by the time they started teaching it. And my parents mm-hmm. never really like taught me what I need because, you know, what's the point? And also, I guess they were like too busy mm-hmm. and also like she's not going to use it. But my grandma, my grandma who actually moved up here from Paraguay by like mm-hmm. the end of her life, all she spoke was in Guarani. And I could only pick up a, like a few things from her. I only understood like about like 10% of her conversations so that like was like my determination was like I really need to learn because my parents failed to like teach me so I'm like I need to learn that's so cool like when I again when I was looking at the facts the there was something that said that the combination of the two languages according to visit the combo is hupara hupara that's what it said. But you called it something else. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. It's the same thing. That's so cool. Going back to you went there recently. What made you jump to the decision to, to move down there for that, that month? So I've been wanting to go back for so long. So I went back the first time when we finally got papers. Um, when I was 17. Um, and that year was my grandparents' 50th anniversary. And after that, both my grandparents died and two of my aunts have died. So there was a lot of loss. And, like, I felt really horrible for not being there. But also, like, going down there is really expensive. And I finally got the chance to because my old job was closing. And I was like, I'm just going to fucking do it. I need to go. Surprisingly, I was able to get a job that I can work remotely. And I don't know how the hell I did it, but I did it. I worked there for a month. And it was the best. I mean, like, I was inside most of the time. But the times that I was able to, like, not work, I was with my family. Like, I was not alone. And just being able to be with my family was really healing. 
and also being able to go to the cemetery and like go back to places where I grew up in. So I was born in Asuncion and my parent, my grandparents on my dad's side. So my, my mom's side of the family lives in Luque, which is like 15 minutes away from the city. I guess you would like call it, call it like, it's not like a suburb because it's not definitely, it's a very like lower class area. People would call it. It's like a barrio. I mean, I lived in the barrio, like, growing up on my mom's side of the family. But my dad's side lived in the city. But he, they lived, like, closer than the market. And they had a sporting good little, like, shop there. And I grew up in the market. And going back to the market was just so wild to me because it brought back so many memories. But also it was wild to me because I haven't been back there since I was 17. Mm-hmm. And even then, I couldn't remember a lot. But just, like, walking on the streets, like, made me, like, remember small things. And also just, like, just, like, looking at plants. I don't know why, but just, like, looking at the plants just, like, made me so happy. Because it's like, oh, shit. Like, things are growing. I can actually, these are, like, growing in my backyard. Or, like, in the front yard. Or, like, there's an, like, there's an avocado tree in the backyard. And, like, it made me feel so happy. And also being around people with the same background. Because there's a not there's not a lot of South Americans here. They're mostly on the East Coast. And specifically specifically the only Paraguayans here, at least like Pacific Northwest, is my family and some random like friends that we have. Like around in like Portland. There's like a few in Seattle. My brother and my sister live in Seattle. And, like, there's a few outside of Portland, too. And, like, my cousin lives in, Se- in Portland. But aside from that, it's just us. So going back just made me, made me feel good. How often do you meet people that are also from Paraguay? Not very often. I think the last time I actually met someone from Paraguay was at the soccer game between Paraguay and our, and Mexico when they had it in Seattle. And we actually went to go see it. And there was, like, this one person. Like, aside from our family. Like, the whole stadium was literally just Mexico. And it was just, like, our little row of, like, Paraguay. <laughs> but it was, like... It was hilarious, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it was just that little small family. And that was it. I think, yeah, that's the last time. I mean, like, I've, like, met people online who live, who are Paraguayos that live on the East Coast. I actually, one of my best friends from when I was little lives there over in New York. And then I have a couple friends. There's um, obviously a bigger community, but one of my friends I'm going to see in April. And hopefully, like, I'll get to meet more people, too. So I'm excited. I just, I don't know, like being a South American is kind of, I don't know, it's isolating, like culture wise. There's like 33 Latin American countries where we all don't share the same culture. And it's, yeah, that's, that's my spiel. What would you say are some of those cultural similarities and differences between, um, someone from Paraguay, someone from South America versus someone from um, a Latin American country in North America? Well, food, mainly. 
Um, so Argentina, Uruguay, and Paraguay, you like have the same foods practically. Brazil, kind of. Also, um, I would say, let's see. I mean, like honestly, though, what only comes up to mind right now is like the food, because we don't eat a lot of spicy stuff. And I didn't actually learn to eat like spicy food until I moved up here. Yeah. Like, chimichurri is probably, like, the spiciest thing I had when I was younger. That's interesting to me because my growing up, I it was, like, a very, if you're from Latin America, you eat spicy. It was very much, like, going hand in hand. I didn't start realizing that until, I, I would guess, probably the past few years. Like, that's not true with most other latin american people <laughs> the spiciness is it's um no i guess i might i just always thought it was a, a thing like latin americans like spicy food this and that but it's it's not it's not all true i mean it's not all true but also i feel like we all have that common we all have the common like beans and rice yeah <laughs> beans and rice is our common honestly across like countries we have like some like type of beans and rice and meat and, like, some type of, like, empanada. I think that's, like, our common. And, like, also music-wise, like, it's so interesting, like, seeing, like, different types of cumbia in, like, general. I don't know. Because, like, in Paraguay and Argentina, they're, like, the cumbia that we listen to is, like, a lot more different than the cumbias, like, listen to, like, in Central America and in Mexico. It's tropical, but there's also, like, cumbia villera, which is, like... Like, trying to say is, like, hood cumbia, practically. <laughs> the best way I could describe it is, like, I don't know. I don't know. The best way I could describe it is that. That's the best way I could describe it. What's a song that someone can listen to, um, that I can listen to later, so get an idea of, like, the different kind of cumbia? So it's actually pretty popular. There's a song called Que Calor, and it's by Supermercados. That's actually Cumbia Villera. Um, it's been playing a lot on TikTok, actually. Oh. Yeah. I'll probably recognize it then. Or maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> you might. You might. But yeah, like, honestly, I think it's funny when like people like try to ask me, well, like, describe, like, Paraguayan culture. And all I can think about is actually, like, a man in a like Adidas tracksuit and like socks and sandals. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and like a wine, like boxed wine, and that's it. <laughs> Cause that's literally I'm like that's literally what we do. <laughs> that's who we are. And like I realize I'm like I'm not trying to be stereotypical <laughs> because I know like I did that too when I was there. I'm like, this is honestly like really comfortable and I love it. <laughs> I'm like, this is me. I can't deny me. <laughs> Your gen one and a half it is that you you say call it. <laughs> yes, apparently I am. So the the way I found this out, <laughs> I was working at a at a print shop, and this guy came in with his girlfriend, and we were talking about like where we're like backgrounds and stuff. And he's like, so you're like generation one and a half. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And it's apparently it's the generation that comes when they're kids. So 
you come here at a very young age, but like grew up here. That's how it was explained to me. So that's one and a half, I think. <laughs> how was that for you growing up as a kid, as a generation one and a half? I felt like it's again, like this is so fucking annoying, honestly. I've actually talked shit about this so many times. Um, like the like Nida Kirina, yeah, you know, sentiment of like not being from here and not being from yeah. there. And like those annoying like mango poems. That's all I think about. Honestly, I feel like a lot of like first gen kids have that one like mango poem or like something about like not being here from there. Yeah, I don't know. I, d I just think it's funny, honestly, because it's so, it was hard growing up here where I live specifically. So we moved to Bend, Oregon, which is like center of Oregon, like literally dead center. Um, so it's like a resort town. And on top of that, there's like not a lot of like Latine people here. And then on top of that all... Like, if there are Latinas, it's mainly Mexican or Central American. I think I had one Colombian friend in my first grade class who is still my friend. Um, yeah, my best friends were from Honduras in Colombia. And I felt a lot closer, like, again, like, culture-wise. And it's so fucked up to say, but culture-wise, like, I felt closer to them. And then also growing up here, like, a lot of, like, xenophobic-ass shit, unfortunately. A lot of, like, go back to your country, like, you know, the usual. And that was mainly growing up here was just, like, fighting off, like, white kids for the most part. I think I remember I was like 16 when I got in a fight with a six with like this one dude in front of, of a pizza place. Um, I was with my friend and this like guy asked me, he's like, So where's your green card? And I'm like, what the fuck? Why why are you asking that? Also, how do you as a child know what the fuck that is? Yeah, I went off on him. That was that's growing up in Bend. But I'm thankful that it's becoming a lot more diverse because a lot of people are moving in. But I'm also thankful at the fact that, like, the friends that I have here are all Latine. Like, my best friend I actually met at a, the Ross here. Honestly, we've been friends since we were 13. Um, she's from Chile. Well, she's half Chilean. Having her and then, like... They're, like, being in, like, the community with, like, POC and, like, queer communities. Here, you, I've been meeting so many people. And it's so nice, like, that the difference that it was before than it is now, where there's a lot more community. Damn. Speaking of the queer community, how has that kind of journey been for you? Um, as of, like, 10 months ago, it was... I'm pan, I'm bi, yo no sé. I'd be crushing on people. <laughs> it's literally like that. I mean, I finally... <laughs> not only finally. Okay, <laughs> so... I finally said something to my therapist. Uh, like a few weeks... 
like months ago too, but I never actually formally came out ever. I like people. I think everyone's cute. I get that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I was talking to my cousin about this. She's like, wow, we have so many, like, fucking gay people in our family. <laughs> and it's so funny. Like, honestly, I'm like, I should eventually come out to my mom. One day. We'll see. Being queer. I don't know how to answer that. Because, like, I don't even know who I am. Honestly. Like... I can't define myself in general. Going through a process of finding myself. Um, but I do feel very happy that I was able to speak to my cousins that I felt comfortable with. About my experiences of... <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said bye to them. Um... But I felt happy and secure and being able and safe. And also my brother, too. I forgot I told my brother <laughs> um, that I, this is who I am to some extent. Like, I don't fully, like, I don't fully know who I am. But I let, like, at least I know one part. And that's it. Yeah. We're on a journey. <laughs> Did you always know or did it kind of like creep up on you and you were like, oh, this is who I've always been. I just never I realized it. Honestly, I have like had, I don't know what to say, things. Also like middle school. <laughs> I had things <laughs> with like different people. And also I realized that until like not that long ago. So I thought I wanted to be the yellow Power Ranger because I thought she was amazing. But no, I actually thought she was like fucking beautiful and I wanted to be with her. <laughs> and <laughs> um, so there's that and there's like these like random things that like come up from like memory when like you're younger. And you're like, oh. That's why I really like that video a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that music video. <laughs> oh. My best friend was actually my girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> Oops. So I guess like it's been more of like, oh, okay. I guess I really need to accept my identity, but also like being this journey of like, who are you exactly? Yeah. Do you really need to define yourself, honestly? <laughs> How was being not straight viewed in your family? Latinas are very Catholic, generally. Very Catholic. Or Christian. So, I mean, I don't really want to talk about my cousin's coming out story, but, like, my cousin coming out, like, changed a lot for, like, my immediate family. My mom has always been accepting my sister is a hot-ass mess. We're not way too conservative. Just complete opposites. But, like, the views have definitely changed or are changing. De like, depending, like, honestly, within the generation that, like, my cousins and me were at. 
the views are changing and everything's more accepting and so nice and it's so like okay like he's gay okay not a big fucking deal unlike my family in in paraguay like on my dad's side like oh fuck you're gonna go to hell for you know even thinking you're gonna go to hell for just saying something like that you know just well also because my dad's side of the family is like very into the church and so you know we're all going to hell according to this (laughs) we're all going to hell i feel like honestly my cousin literally the fucking guts that she had like to come out was amazing because i like i keep telling her i'm like i don't know if i can because like i guess like when people like view by like by people they're like especially like women or like femme presenting they don't really see them as like bi or like pan you know because like and it's really nice to see that my cousin was able to come out and i know like she's like struggled with it so much but i see how like nice it's finally is for her i mean there's a lot like there's a few things obviously that are still going on within our family but for the most part we're very accepting for the ones that like we actually do interact with each other yeah like the rest of the family members that we do don't talk to is like it's because of their views on like how they view sexuality and also most recently vaccines (laughs) that was wild (laughs) Like a wild take. It's like, okay, dude, just get a vac just just get a fucking shot. Like that's it. But no, we're we're going to hell because we got our shots and because we're gay. Well, you know that's gonna be a fun ass party down in there, so <laughs> Did you see the tweet about like there was like a a tweet that said like a priest said that he went to hell and they were playing Rihanna and they're like, Why? No, I didn't see that. But hey, if they're playing Rihanna, I'm okay with that. <laughs> And like, and like there was like this retweet that said like, "Why the fuck did you go to hell?" Also, <laughs> why would that be bad? <laughs> like that was hilarious. I I think I have to send it to you. I have to find it. It was hilarious. <laughs> I will gladly accept that kind of humor. Send it my way. <laughs> I like that you said that you that you're you're on this journey because that's what. I felt like I was I was doing a couple well it doesn't even feel like that long ago but pretty much I feel like I was on that journey of like who am I like I knew that I wasn't straight so I was like but who am I and I needed an answer for myself because that's how I am so you saying that going through this journey I think um I think it's really nice because it is a beautiful journey for someone to go and experience their own sort of journey and figuring themselves out can be a really beautiful thing because you get to discover and really feel authentically true to yourself when you are walking through this journey. Turning 30 was wild to me. So I literally just turned 30 and I've had like this crisis, (laughs) like identity crisis for the past like few months. And I have like, been talking to my therapist about I'm like I don't know who the fuck I am she's like do you actually need to know I'm like yeah I do (laughs) 
And then, like, the whole, like, conversation about me, like, me being not straight came up. Um, and she was like, well, you have one thing. And I'm like, yes, but, like, I need to know who the fuck I am. <laughs> who am I? When you went down to Paraguay, were there any kind of experiences that you had down there that made you, you know, kind of, like, want to incorporate that into your life or something you want to incorporate you were already doing but kind of wanted to incorporate more like anything kind of like in terms of traditions and and, or anything like that I know it's not going to happen very often but I want to go back there again soon just being around my family is nice um so growing up here although like I have my dad's side of the family and like my cousins here um I'm the youngest my second youngest cousin my she lives like a couple blocks away. We're very close, but like it's only just her right now that I have here. And having a lot more and like also being near my mom's side of the family who I haven't been with for like a long time was just nice. I guess it's like closeness and like talking more. Being more close to my family, I guess would be my thing. Actually, I've been talking a lot more to my family there, which is great. Like, I used to be very quiet in the family group chat, and, like, I would only go in there to, like, talk shit about my sister, or, like, if my sister would say some, like, really fucked up shit, I'd, like, answer and, like, argue with her. That was, like, my only reason I would go into the group chat. But now I talk more to my cousins and, like, my cousin's wife and my niece and nephew, my nieces and nephews. I feel more, I feel closer. And that's what I wanted, was to feel close. And I, and I got it. And I, and I got the healing. Yeah. I've actually been thinking a lot. I mean, I've had this on my mind about going back to Mexico um, for an extended period of time. Not just like a little visit, but, but like what you did. You should do it. I have a lease. I have a lease. I can't go right now. <laughs> but... Um, I definitely have thought about it and kind of the way that things are right now in the world here in the U.S. um, Going to Mexico is very tempting, (laughs) but even if it's just for a little bit. Honestly, honestly, like you should do it at least for a little bit. I feel the same way. I'm like, literally, I'm like, I could literally just buy a house there and just fucking leave. And stay there. And just still do my job. But I can, I literally can just live there. Because I, I hate this place. Hate it so much. Like, every year the, like, goes by and stuff keeps happening. Things get either getting worse or things don't change. And it's like, this is fucking horrible. I also didn't want to, like, be here in the first place. (laughs) Like, Why? But, like, also, like, I I get why I'm here. Mm-hmm. But if it was up to me, I wouldn't have come up here. Because, I mean, like, obviously, I couldn't make my own decisions at five years old. Um, but, yeah, I would have stayed. Definitely. Although, like, it's not great there either. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so much shit's happening there too. But I would feel, I guess, more like more at home. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, but I I get it. But also, you have a lease. Oh shit, you have a lease. <laughs> Dang, being an adult sucks. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was actually thinking about this recently. I think it was like earlier this week. Um, I I was I had a moment, I was like, you know what, being an adult sucks, but you know what? At least I can just drink this orange juice straight from the carton and I don't have to get a glass. And so I was like, at least that's a win. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) At least I can do this. No, I was talking to my friend about like fixing my credit and I was like, oh shit, I have to fucking fix my credit. And then like we were going to oh, I was in Oakland recently. We were like like we we're talking, yes, to fix our credit, being fucking adult sucks. And like buying all like the Hello Kitty shit, you know, at Daiso at Daiso. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, yes. I have adult money so I can do all this shit. But I have to fix my credit. <laughs> I, I definitely like seeing videos on on like Instagram or TikTok where it's like, yeah, being an adult sucks, but now I have an adult, I have adult money, so at least I can do this. At least, you know, literally, <laughs> that's literally it. I have adult money, so I'm gonna buy the shit that I wanted to buy when I was little. Was there something when you were little, kind of like that Barbie um, vehicle thing? Was there something like when you were little that you always wanted to have, but it was too much of a like luxury that like you can you can possibly get now? Or does that make sense? Yes, I have a list. <laughs> you have a list. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, like I'm inner healing, like inner child healing currently um so i'm buying a lot of like that cutesy like shit that i really wanted when i was younger that i was always afraid to ask to get but also couldn't really afford to get i.e hello kitty stuff all the sanrio characters (laughs) i also i love sailor moon she's my icon specifically her Honestly, I've been, like, thinking about, like, buying, like, one of those, like, crazy-ass, like, figurine things. Those, like, wildly expensive ones. I know I shouldn't, but I feel it'll, like, heal my soul. (laughs) I have a friend that likes to say, treat yourself. So, treat yourself. (laughs) You know, I might. (laughs) Um, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, honestly. Like, I've been, like, a lot of, like, online... I need to stop doing this shit. But online shopping. I've gotten better at it. I realized that... So, Daiso has, like, a website that you can order as a customer now that you don't have to order in bulk. What? Exactly. My face. That's dangerous. <laughs> yes. So dangerous. You have to have like a minimum of like 10 products though. I mean, that's really easy to do. <laughs> I literally have a list on there. So I like mildly was going to cry over this. We I went to Daiso like twice when we went, when I was in Oakland. And the first time I found this little like 
cat like screen cleaner and I don't know what happened but the guy didn't put it in my bag and I've been pining over that fucking screen cleaner since I got back and it's currently in my basket (laughs) and I'm gonna hit checkout very soon (laughs) with my other nine things I hate how cute their stuff is honestly right (laughs) It's so fucking cute. It's adorable. Everything is so cute. And I got like my dog this like tomato like head thing, like a little hat. It's so cute. It's so adorable. He hates it, but it was perfect. They get you with the pet stuff. They do. <laughs> they do. They always do. That's my one actually no. There's yeah, that's my list is whatever's in my cart and that one sailor moon whatever i can afford now that i'm an adult and can just buy myself things fucking capitalism oh my god i could go on a tangent you could i can go on a tangent yes do it it's so easy to go on a tangent about that no this isn't about me it's about you so anyway speaking about you so you went to high or you went to So, um, you went to, you graduated high school and then you went to uh, school after that. How was that for you? (laughs) Um, Literally. So I graduated high school in 2011 and then I moved to San Francisco for a semester. What? Yes. Um, I went to that bougie art school, Academy of Art. Don't know how we afforded it, but we did it. Definitely had to buy my meals. And, like, figure shit out. But that was cool. Um, I definitely found myself drunk on the roof of a building one time. It was great. Loved it. Loved it. At 3 o'clock in the morning, amazing. Met some really cool people. At the time, I was dating, like, this really, like, I don't want to say, what's it called? Como se dice? Era... He was controlling. Also, I was with him for like two and a half years and he hated the fact that I was going to art school. And he hated like me being different. And so I actually like started... I guess like that's where my journey actually started. (laughs) Was moving at a very young age to the city by myself. And that was great, honestly. Was that a culture shock for you? Because um, I, I'm I'm from the Bay Area, so I'm imagining living in Central Oregon and then going to the San Francisco area. Like, was how significant of a shock was that for you? I felt at home. Like, I realized that um, every time I go back to the Bay Area, I feel like I'm home. Just, I love the fact there's so many people. So... I grew up in Asuncion, in the city, the capital, like, with so many people around. And when I moved up here to Bend, I was like, what the fuck is this place? Mm -hmm. I literally asked my dad. I was like, where are we? There's (laughs) nothing here. We're in the middle of the woods, practically. And going back to San Francisco was so nice. Like, I loved being around so many people, the buildings, the access. I guess for me, it's like being the accessibility to so many different things. And... 
I was actually talking to my friend about this. I'm like, I literally, I love the Bay Area, but I also love Long Beach. Like, they give me the same sense of the feel of home. But my number one love is Oakland. Like, I would love to move back so bad, but that shit's so expensive. So, so fucking expensive. People ask me, like, why did you, oh, why did you come to Washington? And one of the first things I say is, like, I can't live on my own down there. Literally. I, I can't. It's way too expensive. Way too expensive. Like, I, I, there's, I would need at least to have one roommate. Yeah. At least. And even then, things are still really expensive. Exactly. Um. So, the company that I work for, like, does website, like, was digital marketing company. They also do websites for, like, like, different clients. And one of the clients is, like, apartments. And I was, like, updating a website for, like, this specific, like, company <laughs> in the Bay Area. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, maybe I should look at the floor plans and look at the prices. I'm like, oh, fuck, no. I can't move back like this. <laughs> no way. Not on what I'm making. I will need at least, like, a roommate or two. So fucking expensive. But the food. Yes. The food. The food. Oof. Okay, I have to ask, very important. Do you know the muffin man? I'm just kidding. Do you know <laughs> Las Hijas del Gallo? No. Okay. Next time you go down there, it's in South San Francisco. It's called Las Hijas del Gallo. You need to go. It is the best. Really? Motherfucking bakery ever. It is. It is the best. Yes. Like, I kid you not. It is. I, I like. I, there's nothing that compares to it. I'm, nothing that compares to it. I haven't been able to find one yet. And there. Um, it's really, really cute. Because um, I grew up like 15 minute walk from, from there or something like that. And we would go there all the time. And before it used to be called El Gallo because it was the father who ran the business. And then um, when the father passed away, the daughter took over and continued on the business and changed it to Las Hijas El Gallo. And so um, they continue to run it. They are, I mean, nothing's really changed much about them. And the things that have changed are like good changes. I don't know how to describe it, but it's a very, it's kind of like the... It's, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's a very typical Latin American bakery and the bread is just really good. It's so fresh. A lot of the times, like they're pumping that bread out, boom, 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 especially the conchas. And it's like anyone that's in that area, if if they haven't been there, I'm like, go, you, you need to go. You can thank me later. <laughs> but honestly, the fucking food, like, okay, so I was in Oakland recently. And she, my friend Carla was like, yeah, I'm going to take you somewhere you've never had. She's like, have you had Burmese food? I'm like, no. Have you been to Burma Bites? No. Um, yeah, I fucking fell in love. <laughs> fucking amazing. Like, the like chicken noodle soup was so good. And it was like, had coconut milk. And it had cilantro encima. And like, you put lemon in it. Fucking bomb. I loved it so much i think about it a lot i'm actually there's something that i want i wanted to ask you guys like mentioned a couple of things but i wanted i had to mention the bread i had to mention the panaderia 
you mentioned that you were tell me again if you're comfortable talking about this that you had um you were dating someone that didn't like that you were going to art school and then didn't like the fact that you were different oh yeah my white boy era i had an era where oh okay um <laughs> let's talk about that if you're okay with talking about that because i'm just like like what what do you mean difference um like, what, what what did this person not like what okay like i dated so i met this fool in high school and like we didn't start like dating until i was a senior we were cool in the beginning and but like he wanted to be like you know me to i guess to not i guess have an art degree was this shit was like you're not gonna make any money you're not gonna do this blah 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 you know how they are and also like the cultural differences was like a really big thing too i remember like i asked him to go to Farawe with me one time and he's like i'm not going there unless if i have air conditioning i'm like dude do you want to know where i live <laughs> like honestly <laughs> like what kind of shit wow yes we broke up like right after that but that was really fucked up. Like, he also hated the fact that, like, I didn't want to, I guess I closed myself off a lot as a person because of him and, like, try to be outspoken or anything because I was trying to please him. My white boy era. It ended, thankfully. Um, But, yeah, the culture thing was a lot different. Also, like, he made some, like, weird-ass comment about, like, mi abuelo like retiring and like not saving for money like saving money i'm like do you, you don't know how the retirement works down there like you can't say shit. like why why is why is this a comment so that that was fucking wild wild ass relationship that i know he's not gonna listen to this because it's been also like almost 10 years actually it's been 10 years since we've broken up but also like this is not a space he's gonna listen to so i don't give a shit <laughs> I can talk about it. <laughs> and if he knows, fuck it. Yeah, no, like the culture difference, like also what we wanted in life was so... Also, I was like 19, like what the fuck? Like I just wanted to be... And also like moving to a city. I just wanted to fucking do whatever I wanted to do. And he like found that... I guess, horrible, like, I don't want to say, like, horrible, but, like, oh, you're, like, he's, like, yeah, he was controlling, practically. He just, like, wanted me to do, be a certain way and speak a certain way. And it wasn't me. And also, my depression was really, like, he didn't really, which, I mean, understandable. Like, I wouldn't, like, want him to, like, try to take care of me. In like my worst also, but like also like not put me down at my worst too. So there was a lot of that too. So yeah, that was my one of my white boy eras. The first person or like the first serious relationship I had was with a with a white boy. And he hated being called that because he was like a a quarter this, 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 and that. And he's like, No, 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 I'm I'm not a white boy. And I'm like, bro, you're a white you're boy. You're white. Yeah, he's he's a white boy. I'm like, there's just things about him that kind of reminded the, some of you things that you said kind of reminded me of him. And so I was like, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, like, it honestly takes that one relationship. Actually, it took two for me. But <laughs> um, um, 
<laughs> like the next relationship with I had with like a white guy was like really fucked up and I realized then I'm like I don't ever want to date anyone that outside of my culture or someone that isn't doesn't have like has like an immigrant background or has like family somewhere else I don't want to date someone who is white ever again honestly it was very much like drilled in my head by my dad which is so fucked up Because, like, you know, the whole, like, you better date, like, this person because they probably have money. They probably have all this stuff and all this shit. And my dad, like, who I don't speak to anymore, um, like, kept drilling this stuff in my head. And it's like, this is really fucked up. And it was so, like, fucked up to, like, think that way. Not saying that, like, that I did, but, like, having to try to, like, please my parent, like, my parent just one single parent in that sense was just wild but also just like for myself like I want to be able to relate to someone especially like culture wise whether we have different cultures but like in the sense of like being first gen or like second gen or like something like I want some by something bilingual I guess or someone who's also a polyglot ho trying to be one (laughs) Yes, exactly. Or, yeah. Or, like, food culture. Like, I want someone with food culture, I guess. You're, you, so you said your dad was, like, influencing or trying to encourage you dating outside your culture, in a sense? Mainly dating white people, specifically. Okay. So, my dad, we don't, we don't talk to him. We set hard boundaries with him. Um, not too long ago. It's been hard, but they were so necessary. Um, but my dad, when I was younger, he was like, yeah, you shouldn't date. It was, like, very, like, also, like, racist and, like, xenophobic-ass shit, he would say. Mm. Um, and, like, that was, like, I never understood why someone would want to say that in the first place. Um, but, no, like, this, like, thing about, like, having white friends because they probably have money or like having a white boyfriend or white partner because their family probably has money and it all like went like it all like boiled down to like the financial and it's like that's really not some shit that I want to give a fuck about also what the fuck like why are you telling your child to think about that also why are you telling your child that they shouldn't date someone because of their background but only date a certain person because of their background i'm not super familiar like as aware of people in a situation where their parents say stuff like that but i'm imagining that not i'm imagining why a parent might want to say that to an immigrant parent would say that to their kids and it's it's sad and shitty and yeah it is it also like makes me think a lot about like like the term like bettering the race like mejorar la raza and how it's so like ingrained into us specifically like just like how like 
people will like compliment like light skin babies more than dark skin babies or also just like even I remember so I'm an art history hoe I love art history I will fucking talk all about it forever so there's this one painting I forgot the name but it's of a practically it's it's of a Brazilian slave practically thanking the heavens that her biracial daughter had a white baby that her biracial daughter married a Portuguese man and had a white baby. And I think like the title has like something to do with like um, getting rid of the darkness. And ever since I saw that, like that stuck with me. And it's like, that is so fucked up. And then it also like brought me back of the shit that my dad would tell me and being like, oh, you have to have certain friends. You have to have certain partner. Well, specifically, you have to have certain like white friends. You have to have certain white partners battering the race, battering. And I don't think he re- would realize it. But I did realize it like later on when I like getting older is like it's so ingrained in us in our cultures and it's so fucked up. It is so fucked up. And like the fact that it like it's still prevalent today. I mean, obviously it is like shit's not. I mean, I'm hoping for like change but it's really fucked up seeing how Mm -hmm. like specifically in Argentina like when you like think about Argentina you think a lot of like white Italian like red like descendants and they don't people don't really think about like the indigenous people that live there or the black Argentinos and it's because pushed out, mm-hmm. genocide, all the shit. Love it. Love history. Love this so much. I could talk about it forever. Honestly, um, I love history. So anything related to history, I, I enjoy learning. So I believe you. And I also believe that I would sit here very, I would forget about the time. <laughs> I, I love learning about stuff like that too it's so interesting it's also like I don't know I go down rabbit holes all the time all the fucking time I go down rabbit holes also I'm an insomniac so why not <laughs> the perfect time to go down a rabbit hole is when you can't sleep Um, but yeah like history is my shit I mean, art history is, like, my shit. Or also, like, music history. Love music history. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. And it's so interesting. Like, specifically, like, certain, like, genres. So there's this documentary. I'm just going to go on a tangent. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, No, go for it. So there's this documentary on Netflix about, like, the Latin American bands um, throughout the years. Oh. Um, I forgot what the, I forgot what it was called. I, but anyways, so it's a lot of like Latin American bands, like rock bands, alternative bands, like through the years. And like, I realized we all literally had a bunch of really good music during the times we all had dictatorships. Literally all the good music was because we were all trying to like sing our feelings about our fucked up dictators 
throughout the Interesting. years. Yeah. So wild. You said this is on Netflix. Yes, it's on Netflix. Okay, you're I... going to have to send me that if you ever remember it. <laughs> no, I will look it up today after this and I will send it to you because it's interesting and it talks about like the different bands in Mexico and then Argentina. Like Argentina has really good bands, honestly. Really good fucking bands. Um, so does Chile. Oh my god. Also, it's really fucking good music. I love good music. I love music in general. But that was like yeah. a fucking wild ass like documentary because then you realize, oh shit, there's so much shit going on with like politics and music, and you're like, oh fuck. Wild. An insomnia watch for me. <laughs> Speaking of insomnia, that kind of leads me into a little bit of the topic of mental illness. I'm so ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about mental illness. Yes, I love it. Let's talk about this. Um, okay. Should we go through like chronological or just like the web that is currently? Um whatever whatever you'd like to share, whatever you you feel like you wanna highlight. Well, let's see. Um, I'm currently inner child healing. Also currently reading a book or listening to a, bo- a book called No Bad Parts and accepting feelings and realizing like how old we were when those fe- like feelings came up or like manifested really or when we actually finally like, realize those feelings. Don't listen to it while you're at work because it will fuck you up. Because not only is it, like, really introspective, but also very, like, you have to do exercises, and I did the exercises. No. <laughs> it's a, like, sit down, do it at home, do it by yourself, you know. But aside that, mental illness. Let's see. Um, Let's see. You know those, like, that soundboard on TikTok right now, that soundboard trend? Yeah. I kind of want to do that and be like... <laughs> depression (laughs) PTSD (laughs) anxiety (laughs) was suicidal for 12 years that's literally my soundboard has had six therapists so I've been in and out of therapy since I was 16 I went through like a lot of like really fucked up shit when I was 15 well, also, and also, like, I didn't realize until now that I was also, like, trying to get through, like, the trauma. Not like, like, trauma. I mean, it was, it is traumatic. Like, the trauma of, like, living here and growing up here and, again, like, being isolated, practically. But I've been in therapy since I was 16, on and off. It's been more consistent since before the pandemic. I literally started going to therapy the week that everything closed down. Literally that Friday was my first session and then everything shut down. So therapy has been great. Going to therapy has been so helpful because so I started going to therapy again in 2020 because I had a breakdown in 2019. Um, because I had a, I had a breakdown because I was overwhelmed 
So I finally, so I took a really long break from school in 2014. Um, so I'm just going to give you context. I was living in Portland for a while and I was dating white boy number two. A white boy number two lived in Tacoma and I would see him very often. Um, and then uh, my grandma died. He dumped me the day after her funeral. That was lovely. Um, my my jaw dropped. That is wow. That's literally his explanation was like, I didn't know when to do it. Like I didn't have a perfect time to do it. I'm like, so you pick the day after my grandma's funeral, like the day after my abuela se muere. Bueno, no se muere, pero su funeral el día después. <laughs> um. So yeah, on top of that, I found out I was pregnant. And my dumb ass was like, hey, I should move to Seattle and live with my sister. Because at the time, we were, like, semi-okay. And I wanted to be near my nephews. I love my nephews so much. Like, and they're 13 now, and it's, like, so wild to see them grow up. But I wanted to have, like, a relationship with them. So I ended up having a miscarriage um, in December of 2014. And I spiraled. Suicidal. I was admitted to a behavioral health hospital in 2015. I moved back to Ben, so I've been back since 2015 for my healing journey, which has been very helpful, honestly. I don't think I would have been able to stay in Seattle, like, with my mental health, the way it was, and in the, like, the space that I was in and also my sister and I started fighting a lot so it's like this is not okay I need to go for the sake of my health and also the sake of like just I don't feel wanted here and I don't feel like I don't feel like I could be here in the first place um and so I've been here since then um so my breakdown in 2019 was because I didn't want that to happen again like, I didn't want to end up again in the hospital because I was so overwhelmed. Um, so I started school again in 2019 to get my bachelor's. And um, I was also doing that and an internship and working. So it was a lot. And then there was like a lot of feelings that were coming up too. And also finding out that my aunt had cancer. So there was a lot of like thinking about like death in general. And so I started therapy in 2020 and like literally the first thing I said to my therapist, I was like, all I think about is death. And she's like, do you think about dying? I'm like, no, just death, straight up death. I feel so my therapist is going to break up with me soon because she feels like, well, she says that I'm doing a lot better and I'm no longer in crisis which is great to hear but also like really scary to hear too but it's like because I don't know how else I am so that's also why I'm like I who am I <laughs> I'm not in crisis but who am I um yeah so that's my mental health if you don't mind, you you mentioned um, first that you had a miscarriage, which um, I'm so sorry. I, I can't imagine what that must have been like. 
are you comfortable with kind of talking a little bit about that subject and and whatever you're comfortable with in terms of like um um was it difficult for you to talk about that to other people and mention it um because i i i didn't realize that it's hard for people to mention it because i didn't realize that there was this kind of taboo subject on on mentioning it um and so I kind of wanted to like, if there's something about that topic that you that you'd like to share, kind of like if there's any advice that you'd like to give, any resources that you um you found out later about that you wish you would have had or something like that. Honestly, actually, I was talking to my therapist about this, um, like probably last year in December, about how it is so taboo to talk about miscarriages, and how it actually happens very often. And it's very common. But for me, like, this shit got me in trouble, honestly. Not in trouble, but, like, this kind of sh- this shit kind of, like, caused problems for me. I felt secure enough to, like, write letters to my, I call it, I used to call it a poppy seed. Because it was, like, the size of a poppy seed. So I would write letters, and I felt good. But then, like, in retrospect... Like, I look at those letters and I'm like, ooh, that, like, that was very, like, I shouldn't be judgy. We're, we're working on that. But, um, like, it wasn't very healthy. And, like, now as I look at it, it wasn't very healthy. I used to have so many resources and I can't, like, pick through the shit in my brain. But it's so fucked up to, like, when, like, people talk about birth control and they're like, oh, this is going to prevent pregnancies and you end up being that, like, 0.01%. You're like, this is great. Thanks. Thank you. That was like really fucked up. Like you think you're being really safe. You actively got like the one that you're you you're supposed to like, you know, have like a five year whatever it is. Like you can keep it in for five years or something like that. It was an IUD. And so like that shit really fucked me up. Like I was actively trying to take care of myself or like take care. And like obviously fucking humans are wild and you know mm-hmm. fucking crazy ass shit happens but I ended up being an oversharer at that moment was honestly kind of I guess I wanted I so I guess I would say is I didn't know another way that I could cope with it so my only way to do it was overshare online because I had a tumblr and I remember, like, someone had told me, to like, maybe you should private these. And I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. Whatever. But then in re- retrospect, again, I'm like, oh, I should have done that. Because my ex's friends found it and were harassing me for a really long time over it. Saying that I was crazy and, like, all this stuff. And saying that I wasn't actually pregnant and that I just wanted to keep him around. And it's like... Dude, I, like, it's, like, I literally was trying to take care of myself. I was, like, trying to, like, you know, be responsible, get birth control. And I'm, like, what what the fuck? It's more of, like, a what the fuck moment. But, you know, chronic oversharer was not in the best mental, like, state, honestly. Like, also because I was also dealing with my uncle's, like, death from the year before on top of that. So there's, like, so much, like, going on in my brain. And, like, the only way that I felt like I could, like, 
get it out was if I shared about it. And I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I got all of that out. And I'm glad I'm able to look back at the dates and be like, oh, this happened. It was very sad, but I'm okay now. And if I'm meant to be a mother, I will be. If I'm not, I'm not. But right now, like, I I light candles sometimes. um, And it helps a lot. Like, fucking, like, spirituality, like, and, like, Catholicism and, like, lighting candles and, like, aesthetics. Yeah, I'll light candles. That's about it. I'm not religious. I'm not anything. But that just helps me. Well, I appreciate you you sharing that. Oh, I'm I'm just glad that you were able to sh- that you can share that openly. And I I think it's also I as you were saying like how you were sh- oversharing like you su- were saying that you were oversharing, um, and then you said that you were like glad that you did. I was remembering a time that my uncle once told me because I was not an oversharer. I was one that kept things bottled in. And he he sits next to me and says, you got to talk about these things because if you don't, you're just going to end up balling it up and you're just going to it's going to explode one day. And so um, I also think that it did you good to like write about or share about it because you needed an outlet and, you know, you found one and there was that. So I think you did a good thing for yourself without realizing it in the moment that you were doing a good thing for yourself. I realized that, like, afterwards, but also, like, I know, like, my therapist could be, like, telling me, she's, like, don't be so judgmental on yourself, because, like, I kept saying, I'm, like, I was so stupid back then by, like, sharing this shit, and, like, having people be, like, really fucking mean towards me over it, but then again, like, I realized, I'm, like, why am I blaming myself for people's words and, like, how they act? Like... It's not my fault. Yeah. And, like, I remember that, like, that part of, like, my early 20s, I was, I was, I was 21 when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, like, that happened. Um, I had my miscarriage, and, like, I remember, like, my ex's friend messaged me, and he's like, you're such a fucking psychopath. I'm like, how? And then he'll say, you're also, like, a fucking sociopath. And I'm like, How? How? Like, how does this happen? How? Why? Why am I this way? And, like, it all, like, boiled down to, like, me, like, wanting, like, to keep him because I got pregnant. Because I was the 0.01% of that statistic. Yeah. Love, just fucking love it. People are wild. People are wild. Is there anything that we've talked about that you kind of want to, um bring up again or yeah, anything that we've talked about that you kind of like isn't it <laughs> is there anything that's kind of popped into your head since you kind of started that you want to talk about or mention I don't know like go to therapy people <laughs> go to therapy <laughs> um <laughs> I don't have like an, I feel like honestly I feel like I like verbally vomit Anytime I talk about, like, therapy or, like, mental illness or, like, when it comes to just, like, generally, I feel like I just, like, verbal vomit and, like, people are like, okay, do you want anything else to say? And then, like, I verbal vomit again. <laughs> um, but I don't really have anything to add. 
just finding yourself is such a trip. Also, like, realizing, honestly, so I was suicidal for a really long time. Like, realizing that you're still alive is so wild, too. Like, I was talking to my therapist about it. She's, because we did, like, this, like, um, exercise about me, like, talking to my 13-year-old self. And she's like, how old does she think you are? And she's like, not very old. And, like, said I was 30. And she's like, no, she doesn't believe me. It's because I was, I didn't think I was going to live past 23. Like, at 23, I was like, okay, this is it. Like, my life is super fucked up. I'm done. It's so wild to, like, go on this journey of finding yourself and then also realizing you're older and, like, the shit that you thought when you were younger and that you're not going to make it and you actually do is so, like, wild and, like, great also. Getting all fucking mushy here. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, like, I didn't think I was... I didn't think I was going to live for this long. I thought, like, my 20s was it. And, like, turning 30 is just a big thing to me. Because I didn't think I would be alive. Because of all, like, my depression. I got really bad. And, like, a lot of times. I have had horrible dark moments. But... Um, I'm so, it's so wild and it's so great. And I'm so happy to be alive. There's, there's my final, my final thought. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I definitely do not think you're alone. Um, I relate to that on various aspects. Like when I turned 28, I'm like, I didn't know that I was going to make it this far. I didn't really think I didn't think about it, but I didn't not not think about it. I don't know. I just um, – I also didn't realize – or I didn't – like, if I were to also ask, like, younger me, teenager me, I'm like, oh, I made it to this age. It's just – I'm in the same boat. So, um, it's wild. It, it, no, it really is. And so I kind of – I have a feeling that how you're feeling about making it to, like – turning 30 years old um that's something that's crossed my mind recently where I'm just like I'm gonna be 30 soon and it's gonna be a while because I'm like I, yeah I never imagined that I'd actually get it this far in a sense and I'm like okay what what do I do now <laughs> but like just it's it is exciting though a lot of different ways to be like wow I'm I'm alive I made it past all this horrible shit I am still here literally like that was my thought on my 30th birthday I was like I'm still alive I made it I didn't actually kill myself and it's like I'm so my my therapist is I'm like really humble and like try not to like you know pat myself on the back and she's like you she's like you're doing great and you've done a lot in a few years and she's like you she's like you've done she's like you've done so much and there's so much progress she's she told me like when I got back from Battle Wife she's like you have progressed so much and what you're saying to yourself now is so much different than what you said to yourself three years ago and it's so wild to see like just be in a different mindset like I don't hate myself as much as I used to. And also, like, 
I want to be kinder and nicer to myself because I want to be kinder and nicer to younger me. I love that for you. I hope you do pat yourself in the back, treat yourself, clap for yourself because it's why would you put someone else down that you love? You wouldn't. So don't put yourself down as well. You know, kind of that mentality. So I'm I'm happy to hear that you're you're in a position where you've made that progress for yourself because it's it is a beautiful thing to be able to be in a position where you used to be so much harsher on yourself and you're now kind of you're being nicer to yourself and you're you're seeing more of a beauty in this world by being nicer to yourself. So I'm I'm happy that you've gone through that journey and that you know you're continuing that journey and everything because it's it really is a beautiful thing. It's a journey. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is a journey. That's the important part to remember. It is a journey. journey. It really is about the journey. It's a journey. Yeah. And it's honestly like I've honestly had like my moments where I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And then now recently, like after like read like listening to this book, I'm like almost halfway through. I have to read it before my next session. So I have to like power through it. And it's like making me think of like younger me and how like we first like my therapist and I for like first started doing like inner child like healing and how fucking mean I was like I am to myself and I was like that's really fucked up like why would you tell a 13 year old like shut the fuck up and like not talk about their feelings when you wouldn't even do that to like someone else like why would you tell that to yourself and also like yeah because before I would have been like yeah you know like no one listened to me, so, like, I should have just, like, shut the fuck up and not say anything. Because, like, I should have just been quiet. So, yeah. This book is also a journey. It's helping. It's... Since my last session, like, my brain has definitely been, like, turning a lot. In, like, the sense of, like, oh, shit. How old was I when I manifested these emotions? How old was I when I was really fucking angry? Or, like, really fucking sad. When did this begin? Why am I so judgmental? Because that's not okay. Because I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't treat my nephews and niece the way I'm treating myself. Yeah. Again, I love that for you. I'm I'm happy that you're on this journey. It's, it's such an amazing thing to be able to have therapy and, and go through the process of, of doing that healing and everything. Um, so before we end, end, I have a couple of fun facts from, um, from Paraguay or about Paraguay. So, dun, 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 where do I start? Okay. So, um, we were talking about a little bit earlier, Paraguay is, a lot of people are bilingual there with, um, Spanish and Guarani, Guarani, and, uh, both of those were listed as the official languages in the 1992 constitution. Wow. I just realized the, the time year of that. <laughs> and then um, Paraguay actually used to be larger. Oh, yeah. Bigger. About 54,000 square miles bigger. Yes. But then in the 1865 to 1970, uh, during the War of the Triple Alliance, they lost that 54,000 square miles to Bolivia, which is wild because that is a large, large amount of land. Yeah. We are still bitter. (laughs) We are still bitter. (laughs) (laughs) 
one of the sentences um, after that information was like, um, this has led something about a bitter emotion feelings. Yeah, they mentioned the word bitter, I think, too. Uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> That's not surprising. Um, and the one thing that I thought was really, really cool is the largest feline in the Americas is the jaguar. And jaguars are live there in, in um, Paraguay. And then there's this zoo called Ancesión's Jardín Zoológico. They have a refugee specifically for jaguars. So I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. <laughs> Did you know that the word jaguar is partly in Guarani? What? Yes. That's cool. Yes. See? God, I love learning shit like this. <laughs> I learned, like, not too long ago, probably, like, a year or two ago, that the word michi is actually the Quechua word for cat and so at least like when I was little like most of my cats were just named Michi and so I didn't realize it until now that it just means cat that's a really cute name for a cat even if it literally means cat it's so cute it's so cute it's so adorable (laughs) it's so cute anyways it's so cute (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. Do you have any last minute things you want to say? Any shout outs? Um, share, share any socials if you wish. You can follow my Instagram that I am not as <laughs> on that much, but my stories are iconic. Apparently, I love sharing stories. You know, I'm a meme queen. Um, I think it's Maki underscore Ikeso. Also, my Twitter is Maki Iquesito. I will figure out my handles if I can remember them. But yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, I'm down to talk, to share memes, to share stories, to share about mental illness, be insomnia buddies. I don't care. Also, shout out to my friends who will listen to this because I will share the shit out of this fucking episode. <laughs> and my cousin and my brother because I know I'm going to share this for him too. Well, shout out to you guys. <laughs> this is exciting. <laughs> uh, alrighty. Well, um, thank you for for spending this time with me and sharing everything that you've shared. I, I really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you to anyone listening. Um, I guess until next time. Thank you so much for having me on here. No, I appreciate it. It's thank been a long time Thank you for reading coming. my message. <laughs> thank you for reading my message. Ten months later. Ten months later. It's all good. More? Almost 11. Fuck. Oh my, no, it's actually almost a year later. (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, you know what? It's a year later, but I said I was going to do it, and here we are. We did it. We finally did it. We did it. (laughs) We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it, Joe. (laughs)